right. So that brings us to uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one. Shit, what are we on? I think we're on 191. Yeah. Uh, has a cover by Al Milgram, penciled by Keith Pollard, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Carl Gafford, and lettered by Rick Parker. As Spider-Man considers legal action against Jameson, because Jameson is now uh, calling him a murderer again, uh, even though he discovers he can't because doing so would require him to unmask, uh, Jameson hires Smythe to build yet another Spider-Slayer. Uh, Smythe is just like, can it really be this fucking easy? (laughs) And, uh, additionally, Spider-Man finds out that his, the licensing deals he was putting into place are falling through because of all of the negative press. And also like, you know, they need a place to send the checks and he can't, they can, he can't just put Spider-Man on the check. Um, ultimately Smythe slaps a high tech handcuff onto Jameson's wrist and he's like, ha ha ha, now I will have my revenge. Sends the spider slayer after Spider-Man. There's a fight. Spider-Man defeats the robot, but in the process, they both fall off a building. The robot is smashed. Spider-Man is knocked unconscious and gathered up by Smythe who brings him back and locks him in the other side of the handcuff with jameson and smythe starts crowing about how in 24 hours the uh uh the handcuff will explode and kill them both which brings us to our perennial game would a bullet have been faster and easier the answer is yes but (laughs) it's comics so we get this long drawn out thing well, and then, okay, start, yeah, just, because I don't really have anything for this issue, except I hate spider slayers, and they're, they annoy me, which isn't a, a fun thing to talk about. Um, I do like the, the moment when Smythe, when Maria and J. Jonah Jameson walk into Smythe's secret fucking lab, and, is, and Smythe is just like, uh, this is fucking great. Like, I, I like that moment where he's like, oh my god, he just walked walked in here. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I had been doing all this stuff with mind-controlling his son and all that other thing, and he just walked in. Awesome. Yeah. Which, yep. yeah, dude, you should have known that that was going to happen. This is Jonah's Jonah's go-to move is recruiting superheroes and building spider slayers. They're supervillains and building spider slayers. Whenever he's that recruiting supervillains, creating (laughs) That's true, yeah. The rhino is his fault. (laughs) Rhino... Scorpion? uh, Was rhino... I don't know if rhino... I think rhino was Eastern European gangsters. Oh, okay. I don't know. But Scorpion, the fly... Like, there are a bunch of people that Jameson was just like, I don't know, science them up and send them after Spider-Man. The thing about it is, so, you know, my my major introduction to Spider-Man, because I read the odd comic here or there, but the main, my main way into Spider-Man, you know, when I was young, was the cartoon, the 90s cartoon. And the cartoon spent so much time on the fucking Spider Slayers. Just so much. There is so much about the Spider Slayers in that fucking show. And so when we started this and the Spider Slayer first showed up, I was already tired of the goddamn thing. So, like, again and again they show up and it's like again and again... I don't fucking care. Like, I... The greatest... The greatest argument one can make in the the Marvel Universe for taxing the rich into oblivion is that Jameson has the time and money 
to spend on all of these fucking slayers. They are the biggest waste of time, resources, and energy that he just, he keeps, he keeps fucking throwing money at. Yeah. And, like, honestly, you know, I get that Smythe is angry that he's sick because of Jameson, but by the same token, like... The fact that he's able, he was able to receive the medical attention he has gotten thus far is because of Jameson's fucking money. So, I mean, six of one, half dozen of the other. But, <coughs> anyway. Amazing Spider-Man number 192 has a cover by Keith Pollard and Bob McCloud, inked by Jim Mooney, colored by Glynis, Glynis Ween, and lettered by Diana Albers. Uh... Spider-Man and Jameson get the fuck out of there and go consult with Kurt Connors and then the police to find a way to remove the handcuffs, but it can't be, uh, as the fly prepares to rob an, an Egyptian exhibit, the one that Peter was uh, hired by Robertson to go and cover and then doesn't because he's wrapped up with this shit. Um During their encounter with the fly, uh, Spider-Man is knocked out and he and Jameson fall into an alley. Jameson has an opportunity to unmask Spider-Man, but when he comes to, Jameson has dragged him to Connor's lab instead. The two then make their way back to Smythe's lab. Uh, and it turns out in the interim, Spider Smythe has died. Uh, so Peter is able to use what's in the lab to freeze the cuff off, throw it out the window where it explodes, quote unquote, harmlessly, uh, though I'm sure, uh, the surrounding properties would probably argue that point. Um, Jameson continues to be an asshole to Spider-Man. Uh, and we are given the flimsy justification that Spider-Man makes Jameson feel small. Uh, I don't know. I A lot of this... We go so many different directions with Jameson over the years. It's kind of annoying that we're constantly finding explanations for why Jameson doesn't like Spider-Man, doesn't trust Spider-Man. All of this psychological... Maybe he's just an asshole. Like, did you ever consider that maybe Jameson is just an asshole? He, well, he is an asshole. This is the most compelling reason for him to be an asshole. And by compelling, I mean, you're an asshole for, like, go get therapy, right? Yeah. Instead of, instead of taking... <laughs> men, men will really write uh, op-eds about how Spider-Man is a menace rather than go to therapy. Right. Yeah, and that's his, your inferiority complex or whatever is what drives you to do all the things that you do. Okay, I get it, but like, because you're not able to be better than Spider-Man, that makes you hate him is quite the line, all right? Yeah. Like, I, I just, okay, like, this feels almost genuine um but this is not how you deal with those feelings my dude <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know like i said there have been a lot of attempts over the years to explain why jameson does what he does i and you know i don't know maybe maybe it works just because like Maybe Jameson really is just an asshole and all of these attempts are just him to rationalize why he is the way he is. Yeah. But in fact, it all just comes down to, hey, you're a prick. Yeah. Like, just be a prick or don't. But, you know, whatever. Um, what did did they find Jonathan? John Jameson? Jingleheimer Schmidt? No. No? Okay. No. Uh, meanwhile, Mary, you know, Mary Jane, as we said, uh, 
gets sick of Peter's shit when he fails to show up and is just like, you know what? Fuck it. And calls somebody else. And, um, who she, who she presumably doesn't even like that much. I mean, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm down. The guy, the guy she cares about is being flaky as fuck. Um, and so, you know, the guy she cares get, about is being flaky as fuck. Meanwhile, also Betty is being weird still. Um, and I, is that next issue where that finally kind of occurs? Well, yeah, cause this issue, everybody gets together to celebrate Pete finally graduating college. And, but then he doesn't show up to get his diploma. So they're all just like, where the fuck were you, man? Uh, and then we get Betty next issue. Um, Amazing Spider-Man number 193. Uh, Peter gets fired and Joe is pissed at him for letting him down, meaning it seems like there's no way back. Mary Jane wants nothing to do with him. His friends are confused as to why he didn't show up to get to get his diploma. Ned shows up looking for Betty and is just like, you're my wife, goddammit, we're gonna figure this out. Don't just walk out on me and what the fuck are you doing, Peter? Um... And he fails to stop the fly from robbing the museum. It turns out that the whole Egyptian exhibit was actually a red herring that was going to allow him to rob other parts of the museum. And he succeeds. Uh, Peter goes after the fly, but winds up uh, missing him. And the fly winds up getting uh, apprehended by police. While all of this is going on, and May's new tenant is tearing up the house uh, there in Forest Hills, Queens, looking for something and ultimately decides to go after May herself in an attempt to find it. So, yeah, um, things are going down the shitter for Pete right now, uh, which is, I mean, like, that's that's Peter's that's Peter's every day. But yeah. like. This is all of it at once, which only happens every so often. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I like that him missing one goddamn engagement because he was currently being punched in the face by the fly or attached to Jameson at the wrist. Him missing one engagement it, it winds up meaning... All of it goes to hell. Like, yeah. it gives time for Betty to show up at his place later, and then Ned to show up. It, well, no, I guess that's not then. It's b before that. And MJ just goes, fuck this. I'm done. I have to be done, right? And um, Robbie, you know, closing the door at the bugle, and uh, all, the, all of this happening, just all at the same time, because he was because of the fly of all people was in his way is really good. I like it a lot. Yeah. Well, and shit is going to wind up going even further down the toilet next week. Uh, but we'll get to that. It, overall, like I said, would a bullet have been easier? Yeah. But... It accomplished what we needed, which was to basically explode Peter's entire life. So, whatever, I, it's I, fine. It, it's a lot of setup. This these this issues or these issues, but the payoff is actually kind of good. Um, yeah. That it really has all crumbled down around him now. <laughs> like, yeah. and again, it would have been the Mary Jane thing would have been fine if she knew he was Spider Man, right? And then she sees spider-man fighting this fucking fly thing and she goes all right that's why he's not here okay <laughs> ultimately though i mean as i've said we discover we will discover later on she knows oh really oh yeah you yeah. did tell me that but all the same i mean it recontextualizes it to yeah she knows but by the same token like if he can't be bothered to show up at all, 
Like, yeah, I, I understand when I understand to a certain extent the relationships where it's like, you're a superhero, but I do still need to kind of matter. Yeah. Um, I, you can't do that all the time. You can't because it's at that point, it's just like, you, you knew who he was. Yeah. You, you, if, if somebody knew going in that somebody else was a superhero and then they choose to start a relationship with that person, suck it up. But occasionally, yeah, no, I get it. Like you want to matter as much as every other person in the city. Um, so whatever. Anyway. Uh, That brings us to another book that we are wrapping up, uh, Ms. Marvel, number 23, which has a cover by Dave Cockrum and Joe Rubenstein and is written by Chris Claremont, penciled by Mike Vosberg, inked by Bruce Patterson, colored by George Russo's, lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Diana Albers, edited by Roger Stern and Jim Salakrip. Carol is visited by her friend Salia Petri, who had seemingly died earlier in the series when she was fighting the elementals. Uh, but then Salia winds up attacking her and taking her to dry dock. Um, once there, it turns out the other guardians are all busy doing something else. And Van's Astro was alone on the ship, which was then taken over by the faceless one who is controlling Salia and wants to take control of Carol, but it fails. Um, she t- she teams up with Van Astro. They save the station and free Salia. Salia understandably starts freaking the fuck out, at which point Carol takes off her mask and says, hey, it's okay. It's me. It's Carol. You're okay. Um, not a bad... St- it's not bad. I... It's... It's kind of a shitty place to end the series, but it gets canceled. So. Yeah, it is. A, it's kind of a shitty place to end the series, but I, over as a story, it's it's good. It is. It's it. It sucks that it's canceled because this is what I wanted the book to be. Finally, yeah, right. Give let Miss Marvel have her own book, and we get that. We kick. Yeah, kick, she doesn't kick him to the curb, but the guy that she's with on a date at the beginning we've met him before and he's fine but he leaves and it's like okay you get to have your own story now when involving people side characters that i actually did care about right because i liked sila uh and i thought she was cool and she's alive holy shit like this is a mystery and then she we get to go to dry this was a much better issue and it just blows that this gets canceled because of yeah i mean it gets canceled because of all the problems that i had with it beforehand it just it's like no this was the thing fuck god damn it guys (laughs) oh well they apparently at the time uh 24 issue 24 was done and issue 25 was partially completed and those actually wind up being printed later on Mm. um as part of i think marvel comics presents oh i may be wrong uh but yeah this is this is effectively the end of ms marvel volume one uh she will then continue to appear in avengers Mm -hmm. um which brings us to avengers number 181 which has a cover by George Perez and Terry Austin and is written by David Michelinie, penciled by John Byrne, inked by Gene Day, colored by Francois Mouly, lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Elaine Heinel, edited by Roger Stern and Jim Salakrup. Uh, we, we again return to the age-old question, what are we going to do with all these fucking Avengers? Uh, which is resolved by uh henry gyrick who's just like you can't a whole lot of these people are security risks they gotta fucking go um so in order to get their security clearance back the avengers must pare down their membership 
so the only remaining remaining members are Iron Man, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Beast, Cap, Wasp, and Falcon. Um, this is presented as uh, an affirmative action situation because now that since the Avengers are to be considered an extension of the government, they must meet all of the requirements that the government must meet, including having a certain number of black people. And since Black Panther is not going to be around, Falcon gets the nod. The nod. Um, this is a this is a misunderstanding of how this sort of thing is supposed to work. If the law does not say you have to have a certain number of black people. That's that's not how it works. What it says is you must give equal consideration yeah. to people regardless of their race. Mm-hmm. And that is the thing you're going to be taken to task for. Um, that gets misrepresented all the goddamn time by people who are not arguing in good faith but we'll pretend for the moment that this is just a misunderstanding of that law. Um, Until such time as we have reason to believe otherwise, that David Michelinie really just is like, grrr, reverse racism. But anyway, uh, a random guy shows up. Uh, We've seen him on a couple of occasions prior to now, just being like, on my way to Avengers Mansion, do 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 do. He finally shows up, at which point Wanda and Pietro collapse into a state between life and death. Who will it be? Well, just wait a fucking minute and I'll tell you. Uh, Avengers number 182 has a cover by Al Milgram and Bob Layton, inked by Klaus Jansen, colored by Bob Sharon. Lettered by Diane Albers and Gaspar Saladino. Jocasta leads the Avengers who didn't immediately leave <laughs> uh, to the Bowery where they encounter, if you are this fucking impatient, Django Maximoff, uh, who has transferred the twins' life force into two marionettes and insists that they are, in fact, his children. He traps the Avengers in a hallucination or in an illusion. Uh, that fools them until a a drunk downstairs starts banging on the ceiling to tell them to shut the fuck up, at which point they're like, wait, we never left. Um, Wanda tells Vision that, he, that Django focuses his power through the gemstone, so he destroys it. Uh, and in the end... Um, Wanda winds up requesting a leave of absence to go with Django to Transia to figure out what her her and Pietro's whole fucking deal is. Which, good luck with that. Um, the things I do like... Um, well, first, at the end here, I think it's neat that... And it's, like, one of the things that defines being a hero being a superhero is like this guy's clearly troubled and uh he thinks some things and yeah he didn't exactly go about it the right way but uh he thinks some things that we think we ought to look into so we're just gonna take care of him for a minute right like go get him back to uh wherever he's from eastern europe somewhere and get him set up, make sure he's okay, and then I'll be back. I think that's, like, that kind of compassion is a cool thing. And even though Pietro doesn't say a damn thing, well, yeah, he does. Um, It's it's good that they're, like, I expect that kind of thing out of this Scarlet Witch. And Mm. that Pietro's immediately on board, too, is also cool. Um... Yeah. And then at the I very... Mean, be- Pietro Pietro's usually going to go along with what Wanda wants, even yeah. if he's not necessarily happy about it. 
Until <laughs> up and, until someone messes with his brain to make him less of a dick. Um, because remember that happened. Uh, he at the very beginning and the very end, we get a little bit of um, Beast and Simon or Beast and Wonder Man chumming around and yeah. uh, questioning the existence of superheroes in a really like fun philosophical way that yeah. you know is just two pages of I gotta fill this and uh, doesn't really bleed into the theme of the rest of the issue. But it is interesting, A, that they're having that conversation and where it leads Simon to be like, you know, I did get kicked out of this joint and uh, your actor soliloquy makes, makes, I'm going to go try it. Fuck it. And I'm like, that's, that's impulsive as hell. Good luck, man. (laughs) I, yeah, I like, I like one, I like Wonder Man just deciding to do this acting thing on a fucking whim. Yeah. And I like to imagine, I like to imagine that he's just titanically bad at it, but he's able to do it. any like, I like to imagine him being one of those like William Shatner types where everybody like talks shit on his acting skills and how he's hammy and over the top but he continues getting work, so he ultimately gets the last laugh. So it's like if, yeah, if William Shatner's acting skills were sh- and some of his personality were shoved into Henry Henry Cavill's body, and yeah. he continues to get work, even though why? Like he's just handsome as fuck, I guess. Like okay. I mean, you know. There are a lot of people who have built careers out of much less. So, you know, like, like Wonder Man being just like aggressively handsome. (laughs) There are people who have built full careers out of being only mildly fuckable. (laughs) So like, you know, good on him, I guess, whatever, you know. Anyway, so we wrap up this week with two issues of Fantastic Four, which lead us into more of the uh, World's War that we started in Nova. Uh, Fantastic Four, number 204, has a cover by Al Milgram, Joe Sinnott, and Irving Watanabe, and is written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Keith Pollard, inked by Joe Sinnott, colored by Francois Moulet, excuse me, lettered by Jim Novak and edited by Marv Wolfman and Jim Shooter. Uh, Investigating why there seems to be a siphon on their computers since their encounter with Quasimodo, Reed accidentally teleports alien princess or alien queen Adora from Xandar to Earth, and she is pursued by Skrull X. Defeating the scroll, the FF agrees to help her planet fend off the fend off the scroll's attack, except for Johnny, who decides to stay behind and maybe finally figure his fucking life out. This so there's a few things here. Uh, number one, Xandar. Our first glimpses of Xandar. There is no planet. The planet was destroyed. Yeah. Uh, its four largest cities wound up being saved, as we find out, by the Watcher. And they group together into, like, a floating satellite, or a floating chunk of asteroids, uh, before coming under attack from the, uh, by the Skrulls. Uh, Johnny, (laughs) while all of this is going on, Johnny goes and visits a college campus where a woman is just like, whatever, fuck you. Uh, he goes to check in on his friends at the garage, but the garage happens to be closed that day. He goes by Avengers Mansion and he nobody's home. He sends up a message to Spider-Man to meet in the usual place, meaning the Statue of Liberty. And Spider-Man is otherwise occupied, as we've explained And so Johnny's just like, man, what the fuck? I just, there's got to be something for me. Um, So he goes home and gets a letter that is like, hey, 
you, we hear you want to go to college. Come to our college. And uh, it's called Security University in somewhere Connecticut. And uh, he's like, oh, this sounds great. It's for the rich and famous. They've yeah. got high security. I'll fit yeah. in perfectly. And he goes, and it's obviously weird um, from the get-go. Yeah, it... <laughs> well, I'll, I'll hold off until next issue. Because uh, I have some stuff I want to say about this. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic Four, number 205, uh, has a cover by Keith Pollard and Joe Sinnott. And is colored by Glennis Ween... Uh, three-fourths of the FF are teleported to what remains of Xandar. Uh, they fend off the scrolls, but are knocked unconscious and taken prisoner. Johnny, meanwhile, goes to Security University, and the whole thing is odd. It turns out that the woman who rebuffed his advances at the other college was actually working for the Monocle, who set this whole thing up as a trap for Johnny. Um, the thing about this is Johnny is not a complicated individual. He is a sweet, um, precious idiot. He, to, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be as, as polite about this as I can, <laughs> but suffice it to say, you do not have to work this hard to trick Johnny. Uh, they created like, an entire college. And populated it with people that have jobs and shit. And all to get Johnny to come to there and go to sleep. Like a a couple of cardboard cutouts, a nice car, and a woman with large breasts could have accomplished the same thing with a whole lot less trouble. Um yeah. I guess it's fortunate that this was attempted before the internet was a thing because literally all Johnny would have had to do now was just get online and be like security university. That's not a thing. This is clearly a trap, but Johnny, <laughs> I think he'd fall for it still. <laughs> well, Johnny trusting dolt that he is, uh, just blunders into this situation and like, it could not have been more clearly a trap. Yeah. If they had been like, if it had been called for realsies, you and the letter had said, no, really, we are an actual uh, university, not at all set up to capture you, Johnny Storm of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> okay, shit, I shouldn't have said that out loud. Are you still writing what I'm saying? Stop it. Stop it now. <laughs> stop, stop writing. Stop it now. Okay, go ahead and send that. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, shit, we're out of stamps. <laughs> You're still writing? Why are you still typing? Yeah, so. Do we need a safe word? Aardvark! Aardvark! <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Like I, like I said, Johnny... This is Johnny, not a trap university. <laughs> uh, Johnny is, shall we say, not encumbered with a lot of foresight. And so, yes, he automatically just blunders into this. Um, well, so we'll see is, next... Like, the ch the, the the way they're trying to justify it in text is he's so really looking forward to actually like trying to put his life together and he thinks college is the first way to do this and he really wants to give it a, a good honest go this time that's why he's taking a shower or going to bed early and getting hypnotized immediately afterwards so right <laughs> like i get it but it comes off so oh you precious flower why they should not sweet summer child they should not have let you out of the building uh man yeah okay yeah you you really i feel bad for him but not for the reasons i'm supposed to <laughs> yeah yeah you 
you really do because like you sometimes wonder if he shouldn't have a caretaker like i don't know the costume should involve a helmet Um. i mean just like i i genuinely cannot imagine a situation in which somebody who is exposed to as much danger and duplicity as johnny storm is yet who continues to just blunder in to trap after trap after i mean like after stuff like this i the fact that johnny doesn't approach everything in his life like okay but what's the catch yeah. Even by this point, and yet later he winds up marrying a scrawl, and you just have to be like, dude, come on. <laughs> I really do think by this point, Johnny needs to be checking with Reed before he does anything every time he's approached by anybody. Like, hey, uh, Sue, I got a I got an email. And they 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 want my uh, account information and social security number. There is a prince <laughs> in Nigeria who is looking to move large amounts of money, and he's going to give me part of it. Hey, uh, no. Uh, oh, okay. Is this is this a Doctor Doom situation? No, it's not a Doctor Doom situation. It's a it's a scam situation. Okay. Hey, I got a I got a letter from a college, and they seem to know that I want to go to college, even though I made that decision yesterday. Um, and they they want me to come there, and they're going to give me an education. No, Johnny, no. Let me see the letter. Yeah, you're not doing this. <laughs> hey, Sue, I got this letter, and it says if I don't send it to ten other people, something bad is going to happen to me. And they're just like. No, Johnny. And then he comes back in and he's like, guys, the lottery is up to 300 million. No, Johnny. Johnny. (laughs) You guys won't let me have any fun. When was the last time you got kidnapped after we put in this, put this policy in place? I haven't been kidnapped in, in so, there's actually a fucking sign. Johnny has not been kidnapped in 300 days. It's almost been a year. I was hoping maybe I could follow up on this letter that says I could be the winner of a... No. No, my dude. (laughs) This isn't like you go so long and you get to have one. No, no. You're gonna get kidnapped. Okay. Publishers clear it. No, Johnny. (laughs) God damn it. Columbia House. Uh, Ah! (laughs) Yeah, I... I'm the uh, only person I know who successfully got out of Columbia House. I actually uh, did it. I don't know if I ever got out of it. I just stopped sending it. Like, I stopped paying attention. Yeah. And they, like, after a certain point, they were just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, they tried to get your money for a while, and then they just gave up. Yeah. Um, Whatever. Fuck it. I still got that Rage of Against the Machine CD from them, so. Hell yeah. Got that for free. Yeah. Uh, so, back on Xandar... They go on a tour because they're in the middle of an attack. Why not? Um, and seems like a good time. They're shown the what will become the world mind. Yeah, and this is every Zandarian and or because Nova gets expanded out. But this is every Centurion that's ever been ever is all every Zandarian winds up the world mind is kind of like the Cree supreme intelligence in that it has it is the repository of everything that is xandar including the xandarian people yeah um it generally isn't as big a problem yeah <laughs> it's it's supreme way intelligence. it's way less hands-on um until there's only one of them. Uh, and then it gets a little protective. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just a repository. It's like we, we keep our culture and our people alive 
this way especially since we had our planet destroyed like we're we're doing this like this is the what we do it's a it's a good introduction to it but a um centurion come busts into the room is like holy shit they're attacking again on one of the other quadrants uh help us out so everybody goes fight some skrulls uh and is generally it's a for a big battle like this it's a pretty good uh fight and um ends with all the ff getting knocked out and taken aboard the big scroll ship right uh the thing that the thing that's interesting at this point in time the centurions that we see here are not Nova Corps members. The only Nova, the only Nova is Nova. Yeah. At this point in time. Um, you know, he will, he will, I guess, restart the core at some point again. Like, well, because it's like the great, it's like the Green Lantern Corps in that it gets destroyed and then he comes along and he's just like, there's a new one now. And then that fucks up. And then it's just like, I guess we better put it back together again. But whatever. Anyway, uh, we will continue this next week. Uh, for now, top five. Top five. The Watcher's Guide's Top 5. Top 5. Alright, Top 5. Um, from me. Number 5, Sweet Summer Child Johnny Storm. We spent a lot of time on that in the back end, but, uh, yeah. Just, my dude. Wow. Um, and the fact that the monocle goes through all of this work, when, clearly, uh, yeah, like you said, a fast car and a pretty girl would have gone a lot. Would have been a lot easier. Um, I mean, the sheer amount of work done between branding, creating yeah. a logo for your fake university. Yep. Um, you know, which means not only not only designing a logo, but merchandising because you have to have a campus store in case Johnny happens in there on his way in the door. Uh, you have to have people wearing the merchandise at the school. You have to have like uniforms made that say security university. Yeah. You have to have the real estate sorted out. You've got to have human resources. You've got which, just start a fucking university. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to go through all that, which like, means you've got, if you're good, like you talk about real estate, you have to register what the real estate is for, for Z for zoning. Right. Yeah. So they actually went ahead and made a university. Like otherwise, the whole thing falls apart. Like, you're just this is too much work. Hit him in the head. It's at, the, <laughs> at, at this point in time, whatever you were going, whatever your goal was, congratulations, you now run a university. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you you thought you were just subduing, yeah, no, you now run a university. Good. Well, I mean, at least at least go the Trump route and just have like a like a correspondence course. Yeah. But like you know, you you're still like, well, you've got to meet at the airport Hilton to to sign up for your classes. <sighs> Do that. Why set up a whole fake campus? <sighs> Uh, number four, the introduction of Xandar, uh, mainly because it means we're going to get, I don't know. I know that it doesn't come for 35 years or whatever, but Annihilation was real cool. (laughs) And, uh, I like that idea. Uh, number three, Shuffle's Menace, uh, especially compared with the name of Shuffle. (laughs) Number two, uh, I like that Richard reveals to his family that he's Nova. Um, I think that's an interesting idea that they should do more of. Because, and it feels like 
they've basically decided this is a safe place for us to do it because if we fuck this up and because it's such a you know discarding of the status quo like because all the superheroes have secret identities for reasons some of them don't make any sense and uh this this feels like them being like well nobody's reading nova if we mess with it and we have him reveal it to his family and it goes poorly eh. <laughs> right yeah. and then they canceled the book so they don't really get to see what would happen but um i th- i think it's a good move and i like in my head at least i like the places that that could go um that was number 2 <laughs> and then number 1 from a story structure standpoint the fact that so many things get messed up for peter because he missed one assignment yeah like he's missed tons of assignments over the years and never had it really be that big a deal this explodes everything and it's really satisfying um from a, and I, like it's not like i'm saying i wish ill on the character it's more like it just introduces a lot of problems for him that are what are the fun part about watching peter go through the world so well and it really illustrates how in how much of a difference it would make if like one person in his life yeah knew his secret yeah one it literally anyone who could have stepped in and been like yeah hey um this is what happened yeah like but instead every time you turn around spider-man is fucking up his life and there's no one to pick up the slack for him and like come on man yep anyway uh so that's me okay uh, one thing I did forget to mention, we had the first appearance of Scott Lang this week. Oh, right! Uh, Avengers number 181, uh, when Beast and Wonder Man are having their conversation about acting, uh, they return to the mansion only to be attacked by its security devices, uh, which are being installed by Scott Lang, who, if you're not a like, if you've somehow missed out, <laughs> uh, becomes Ant Man. Yep. So I'd forgotten uh, about that too, but it's so brief, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my number five is uh, the father son the father son connection. No one saw coming, and no one asked for because. There is, there is nothing. Yeah. It, this is given no time to grow. And I understand that sales are flagging, so they're kind of like trying to get it cranked out before uh, the inevitable happens and they're not able to. Right. But it, there was, there's never really been any indication in Crime Buster that he is like hurting for a father figure. Nope. We introduce the comet, immediately find out about his family, and then immediately find out Crime Buster is his son. Like, okay. Yeah. It was just... This has no impact. This has no <coughs> impact whatsoever. Like, you know, the... 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 With... Star Wars... Um, you can talk about how Luke's relationship with Vader isn't really set up super well. Uh, but at the very least, we find out in the first movie that Luke is longing for his lost father, Mm -hmm. that that father was killed by Darth Vader. We've had a few years to ruminate on that before finding out Oh shit, spoiler alert. <laughs> Vader is Anakin Skywalker. Um whereas this it's literally just like we've had Crime Buster and he's just like busting crime. A guy? Yeah. And then the comet shows up and then it's just like, oh yeah, these two are father and son. Feel a way about that and I'm just like 
No. No. Uh, number four is Shuffles. <laughs> uh, number three is Is It Easier Than a Bullet? <laughs> that is going to be my new... That's my new... Whatever the case may be, whenever somebody is just like, I'm a, I'm a get revenge. Yeah. And this person's going to die. I'm going to, I'm going, I understand. I understand that you want to draw it out, but man, just put a bullet in them. Like that's closure, bro. That's, you don't have to, you don't have to sit there and be like, oh, he got away. Nobody gets away from a bullet to the face. Anyway. Uh, number two is Shirley the Robot's off-panel adventures. Ah. And number one is Johnny No. <laughs> Johnny. No. Just like, I, I absolutely, if, if my greatest hope is that when, when they make the Fantastic Four movie, Johnny is actually as credulous as he is presented in the comics, where it's just like, hey, would you like a free house? Yeah. Here you go. Johnny. Johnny, This doesn't... That guy is clearly Doctor Doom. (laughs) (laughs) He's just got a mask on his mask. He's wearing the green ropes. <laughs> like a rubber mask that's like pulled inexpertly over the metal mask. And so like the eye hole is on the cheek. And it's also, he's still wearing the robes and the, and right. the armor is visible. So it's just, it's just Nixon. But like, <laughs> but like on Dr. Doom's face. And he's yeah. like, Johnny Storm, would you like a house? And Johnny's like, yeah, Nixon, I'd love a house. And he's like, <laughs> and they're like, and Johnny, Sue's like, that's, that's Dr. Doom. No, it's Nixon. <laughs> that's not better. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, especially now. If Nixon offers you a house post Watergate, run, man. Run. Uh, yeah, I just... Anyway. Um, that is it for us this week. Join us next week when we'll be reading some more Amazing Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. Um, in the meantime... Rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Email email us, if I can speak, at watchersguide at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, both individually and at watchersguidemu. And visit our website at watchersguide.com, where you can download episodes of the show and see all of the reading lists going back to the very first episode. Have a marvelous week. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,